Hello and welcome to today's episode of Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. On today's episode, I'll be speaking to Rosalind Johnson, who is a medical herbalist and also a holistic therapist. We will be talking all about the body, herbs and the interaction of our diet and nutrition. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you ever so much for coming here today. Um, we've been friends for a couple of years now and we met each other at the Lizzie and Events Wellbeing shows. Yeah, we did. We and did, yeah. we've, we've worked quite a bit together on and off since yeah. then, haven't we, in different yeah. capacities. And I really wanted you to come here today because you've got a wealth of knowledge that I think is so useful to be able to share with others. So do you want to tell us about what you do? Well, I'm qualified as a medical herbalist. Mm-hmm. Um, so to give more background of that, I did my training at Lincoln College. Okay. Um, that's pretty much the only degree level course. All right. Yeah, there are equivalents up and down the country, but mm -hmm. for the degree level, it's, it's all based at Lincoln College still. Wow. So when I started, it was through the University of Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's changed. I think it's with Open University now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's, with that, there's been a name change as well. Okay. So it's gone from being a herbal medicine degree to a clinical herbalism degree. Right, okay. So that, from what I can understand from what you've told me, and also I've known a few other people that have done the course, is very, very full on, isn't it? It's extremely full on. It's a medical science degree in itself. Okay. There's so much knowledge that we get taught. Mm -hmm. um, that in theory, what we're taught in three years really needs to be recognised as that five-year degree. Gosh. Um, a lot of the time it's sort of the, the GP certifications that are the five years. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it is, it's, it's quite intense. So for anybody that's listening and doesn't know, what is medical herbalism then? So, well, medical herbalism is... So that, me, comes from... Um, so I'm a member of a governing body called the National Institute of Medical Herbalism. Okay. Um, there are other governing bodies, the CPP, which is the College of Practitioners of Phytotherapy, I think, mm -hmm. and the URHP. But it tends to be that those of us with degree level qualifications are members of governing bodies like that. Mm -hmm. um, and they will only accept members that are trained to degree level or equivalent. So yep. when you go and see a medical herbalist or you're looking for a herbalist mm -hmm. that is registered with a governing body, you know that they've had sufficient levels of training. Which that's brilliant because I think nowadays something I've noticed is there's an awful lot of courses popping up as online. You can do home study, a few hours to yourself and all of a sudden you can clash yourself with something. But what really concerns me about something like that, say with the herbalism, is actually those different herbs can have contraindications, which means that they can interact negatively with certain conditions. Or if you are taking them in conjunction with other medicines, um, they could have a detrimental or damaging effect. So there must be an awful lot that you have to study, not only about the body, but also how those different herbs interplay with everything else. Yeah, there really is. So that's one of the things that there within our training. Mm -hmm. We're taught to look herb drug interactions so to do the research between the drugs and 
any herbs that we might prescribe. Everyone obviously knows about St. John's wall and how that can interact with a lot of medications. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be a similar sort of thing with many other herbs as well. Okay. So along with sort of the herb-drug interactions, we're also taught things like phytochemistry, so the makeup and the chemical constituents of the plants. Wow. Um, herbal energetics, and obviously the herbs themselves, some botany, clinical skills. So clinical skills, they're... I think when you go and see like a nurse practitioner mm -hmm. and you have a respiratory exam done or a cardiovascular exam, musculoskeletal exam, all those sorts of things are clinical skills exams. Okay. And we're taught a very similar way of doing those. Mm -hmm. um, and then the anatomy and physiology and pathophysiology as well. Okay. So uh, for people that don't know the pathophysiology, is um, how a disease is affecting what's going on in the body mm -hmm. um, and what so it gives that idea of what's going on there. Wow, so it's really very in-depth then? Very, very in-depth. I mean, that's still touching the service. Mm -hmm. um, we do 500 plus hours training in clinic. Wow, that's a lot. It's, it's, it's a huge amount and, and maybe then some sometimes. Mm -hmm. so there's always been opportunities to to go into sort of summer clinic and things like that yeah. as well. Whether they're still doing it now, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, but it all adds to our experience and our knowledge. Amazing. Which is something that isn't necessarily on the online courses that you see. Yep. Um, the same with the clinical skills and things like that. A lot mm -hmm. of the, you can see a lot of the, the courses online. If, if anyone's looked, you don't get that sort of training. Yep. So I, I tend to think that the, the online course courses are great for general knowledge, general interest mm -hmm. to get you started. Yep. Um, and for what we call C, CPD, yep. Continued Professional Development, because it just adds to our knowledge and fills in gaps mm -hmm. where we might have forgotten things and things like that. Absolutely. But we're constantly researching. So if a patient comes to me, mm -hmm. I will do the hour and a half consultation that's the initial consultation yeah and it's it's top to toe so it's fully holistic wow. you know looking at what's going on with the person mentally emotionally physically um, is that sort of the spiritual connection as well mm -hmm. um, we talk about diet and lifestyle um, and it's looking at everything um, Which is so important, isn't it? Because everything in the body interplays and how, there's all these exchanges that are going on and that's how the body works and operates effectively. And if something's out of balance, that then has an impact on lots of other things. So I know, for example, when I go for something like acupuncture or reflexology, they'll quite often say, oh, um, your liver meridian's imbalanced. And it's fascinating because if we looked at it more with Western medicine, that would look at the isolated thing like your eyes imbalanced or you've got this thing or that thing. Whereas with those ways of working, they look at you holistically and it's fascinating the correlations between the different feelings I'm feeling and also the different things that are sort of the different ailments I'm having throughout the body and how they're all connected. And I think it's just, it's really important to look at the whole of the person, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. And even sort of what's, what they've experienced in the past, any trauma that they've experienced mm -hmm. as well. It's so like you say, with certain things, so what's going on with the liver, if there's stuff going on with the liver, that's that can be very much associated to anger. Mm -hmm. If there's stuff going on with the lungs, that can be associated with grief. 
and the carrying of heavy grief and heavy feelings. So the same that can be said in other areas of the body where trauma can be stored. Yeah, we see that in a lot of I've seen it a lot in conditions such as fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. chronic fatigue syndrome. As someone's coming out of a, a bad experience, a traumatic experience, that's when the body starts to because it's been tense for so long. Yeah, so it very much seems like as the body starts to relaxing, but as that person has been stuck in sort of fight mode, fight freeze mode, mm-hmm. um, that's that's when you you can start to see these problems long-term stress has a huge impact on all things as well yes you probably see that in your work too absolutely yeah and it's amazing sort of what a big detrimental effect stored emotions and traumas can have on the person not just when they're going through that but often afterwards for a long time as well oh yeah yeah so what made you decide you wanted to study this so this goes back quite a long way, actually. So when I was at college the first time around, so mm-hmm. I finished school like a lot of people, um, went into YTS training because that was a thing at the time when I left okay. school. So that was sort of early to mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually started out by studying um, hairdressing and beauty therapy, and I managed to be able to tag aromatherapy onto that. Mm-hmm. So... Aromatherapy I found quite interesting, so they were my initial qualifications. Yeah. Then it kind of developed as I sort of left home, moved over to Nottingham. Mm-hmm. I went through some stuff in my life, and a friend said to me, well, it was her partner's dad at the time. He was finishing his degree, and this was when the degree was actually at Lincoln University. Okay. He was in his third year. And it kind of sparked my interest with having done that part with my aromatherapy so it was kind of bringing me around back in touch with the plant Mm -hmm. Um, because that was the part that I really enjoyed about aromatherapy was blending oils to to do my case studies and everything amazing feedback from the way the oils were working yeah um come a good 10 years or more later um friend of mine at the time he's like oh I'm thinking of going and doing this herbal medicine degree at Lincoln College I thought about doing that myself so that interest that was sparked from me seeing a herbalist myself mm-hmm. was still there I kind of thought about it and thought about oh I can't do a degree you know I'd, I'd, I'd left school I had poor GCSE grades yeah I didn't have anything over a D really yeah. poor GCSE grades so a lot of my sort of the fact that I've stuck on and did other other qualifications from the hairdressing I then also did so I have other qualifications in sort of management mm-hmm. team leading and management or qualifications that I've picked up I've worked in very different um what's the word industries yeah but behind bars assistant manager of pubs and all sorts of okay. things um but so, yeah, so I went, so, so as I was saying, my friend was there saying, oh, he was on about doing this degree and he'd started it and everything. And I was reading some of his work. He said, well, why don't you come and have an interview? Yeah. So it's so like, I'll speak to Robin. So Robin James, she was the um, lead of year one at the time, so head of his year. I'm like, well, come and have an interview with Robin. And that's what happened. I went to Lincoln College for the day. Uh-huh. I sat in on some of the lectures. There was a couple that I couldn't because the work kind of carries over the same from year to year and there yeah. were presentations and things as well. And I, it really sort of 
because I had an interest in science from being at school as uh -huh. well. Um, so it just kind of piqued that and my knowledge of anatomy and physiology that I did with the beauty therapy side of things mm -hmm. as well. Um, and just really, really enjoyed myself. Had my interview with Robin and was just told, right, if you want to come and do the degree, just apply through UCAS. And that was it. Wow, amazing. And that, that's how it carried on. It did take me a while to do it because, like you say, it's so intense. Mm -hmm. I did end up, I ended up having a year out, so that broke things down a bit. And it was very much a year out that I needed. Yeah. And and then sort of going back, then the pandemic hitting, it was like a whole little journey of its own. And that's the thing. When you start on these healing journeys, mm -hmm. it does end up very much being healer, heal, heal thyself. And you see, yes. <laughs> you do, you see that with everything. It's like, oh my God, you think a degree's not, it's, it's like, yeah, it's intense. And... The academics only is a small section. When you're doing something about therapies or well-being you really do start to look at yourself and your life and your experiences. You do, you do. And I don't know whether part of that is to do with the reflective journaling we end up having to do as part yeah. of our training and things as well, mm -hmm. that we just also bring back into our lives and helps us self-reflect and look at things that we have going on. Yeah, that's amazing. So as you were going through that, then how did it start to transform you as an individual? Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I well, I mean, for me, I firstly I never considered myself strong academically, um, and and now I can now I'm away from it. I can sit there and go, well, I must be because I did it. Yeah, um, I got through the degree. Did I still have my sanity intact? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> still now, a year on from graduating, it's like, well, I'm feeling better, but I'm a bit, yeah. Um, but it it does. I mean, you start off so in the first year of the degree, you observe in clinic, so you're kind of watching what's going on and learning. Um, and helping the upper years. So you might do yeah. help by dispensing mm -hmm. and, and things like that. So, and when I say dispensing, that's things like, um, so we work with things like tinctures or capsules. In the first year, we there's a module called um, Pharmacy and Community. Yeah. So it, we're taught how to um, blend and make creams and things like mm -hmm. that. So all these things got sort of, they, they pile on top of one another. Um, that kind of brought back to me the enjoyment that I got from making things. Yeah. I think that goes back to hairdressing mm -hmm. and mixing hair dyes yeah. and dyeing hair. Because that, that used to be the thing that I used to be quite creative with, crazy colours on hair. Mm -hmm. um, but also back from when I was a child um, and having the whole George's Marvellous Medicine session yeah. with talcum powder everywhere <laughs> and, you know, bubble bath and just making a mess. Yeah. Um, as far as sort of changing me, as I guess I do look at things differently. Mm -hmm. um, I think I kind of go through stages with myself with it. There's times I think it makes me a better listener. Um, it's definitely made me a little bit more self-reflective. Yeah. Um, and kind of knowing that I shouldn't be as hard on myself as what I am sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all do it. We all are. Um, but sometimes, like... We're really hard on ourselves more, yeah. than, more than necessarily needed. I don't think I've really looked at it so much because, like I say, with graduating last year and being absolutely shattered and worn out yeah. from the process, um, I don't think it's actually really given me a chance to kind of look at that sort of 100% properly because I've mm -hmm. also then obviously gone and, and done training with yourself for the, yeah. the Reiki side of things as well. So I've kind of continued learning 
Yes. Um, and that's something that probably is more prevalent now. I've continued doing different things. Mm-hmm. Whereas when it was the hairdressing beauty therapy side of things and different different things with that coming out of that and going into the, the sort of business management side of things and, and the qualification there. Um, I was still learning things, but this is a very different route of learning. Yes. Um, because it's also, like I say, it's also about healing myself of things that I've experienced, but also helping other people yes. in those ways as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting from, from going from that experience because I was still studying the degree whilst I was doing my Reiki 1 and my Reiki 2 yes. with yourselves. So. I think you've done amazingly with the Reiki. What I've really enjoyed about you being one of my students is you've really engaged with the process so you haven't just paid it lip service. You've really taken the whole process very seriously about working on yourself. You've been very reflective. You've contacted me if you've needed any help or guidance along the way, which is what I'm here for. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've seen such a huge transformation in you, and I don't know if you give yourself enough credit for that. I think um, from what I've seen over the time, you seem to be a lot more stable in terms of your interactions with others and a lot, you're not quite so easily angered or frustrated with people when they're being very annoying. And um, (laughs) You've really delved deep, actually. You've really sort of reflected and think, actually, do you know what? Some of this is from my childhood or some of these from the other situations or relationships or dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. And you've worked really hard to release and heal and let go. Absolutely. And I think that's amazing. So you should really give yourself credit for that. Thank you so much. You're right. I, I, I don't think I do because there is that thing where as you just, I think I've just got involved in the process with it, knowing that there are things that I need to look at myself and heal. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, so none of us are perfect. We all have our bumps in the road. We all have our baggage. And it's, it mm-hmm. is, I think the one thing that I'm realizing more with it is it's a continued working process. Yes. Um, do we have that, you know, do I have days, months where it's just like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether part of that is the integration of things as well. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly a, a journey that I am enjoying, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and just to, to continually add to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, even with the, the, the CPD side of things, mm-hmm. from, from the herbal side of stuff, you know, I look at, at so sort of, I've been looking at sort of the mental health side of things as well, um, because it's amazing what you can find out there that can be classed as as CPD for like the herbal qualification and mm-hmm. things too. And then adding with the Reiki as well. Um, I've just started doing a crystal therapy course as oh, well lovely. to to bring into everything, and that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So what I've found with that is I've only had I've got the second teaching weekend coming up on that. Um, but was re- what was really interesting was the, the first part of that and using a pendulum on um, one of the other students yeah. is how that triggered my the, the Reiki energy that, that I yes. work with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the Reiki energy itself, it's, it's just really interesting the way that we work together yeah. from picking up different ailments, empowering you know picking up empowering things that that the person in front of us needs to hear as well um and and it kind of also fits in with the other side of things where you know doing the card readings and things that i've started adding to things as well Uh um, 
which again, they go back to me being a teenager. So it's all these things uh-huh. that I've kind of grown up with yeah. that are, in a way, reintroducing themselves into uh-huh. what I'm doing now as things that I used to enjoy. Yeah. Even even sort of singing and dancing and things like that as well. So, yeah, but it's, it's so lovely, nice. isn't it? I always feel really blessed with what I do because I'm doing something that I love and that I'm passionate about and that I find absolutely fascinating. Whilst also being able to help other people, whether it's clear baggage from their past or issues in their present or moving forwards into their future, and I just think what an absolute privilege and I get to do this every day. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. I I enjoy. For me, I still very much feel like I'm starting out. Yeah. Even though I've been promoting the business itself for a good bit longer than a year now. Um, but to actually physically then get it established more this year mm-hmm. and, and actually physically start being able to do more with it. Yes. Um, it's just really interesting seeing people's journeys of how the herbs can help them, the feedback from from the rake and the, pos- the positive feedback that I've been getting, everything, it's, it's just fascinating. How lovely. So positive. And I notice you've been doing, at the last few wellbeing shows, quite a few talks on all of these interesting subjects. So how do you feel about doing those sorts of things? It took me ages to get used to doing talks. I think the first talk that I did, oh, it's probably still floating around on Facebook, when they first started recording them at the Lizzie and Events yes. show. And oh, it's hilarious. I find it that hilarious to watch now because I remember Ian being there and he was, he was very, very supportive, very, very helpful with the nerves that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. It was only a very small audience. Each time it takes me, every time I change subject as well, uh-huh. it takes me that time to get used to what I'm saying. It Because I'm, I'm not the best at being prepared beforehand. Okay. I kind of never have been. I know that I need to get used to not leaving things yeah. to the last minute. Um, but with the first talk that I did was very much around the, the herbal medicine side of things, what herbal medicine is, um, you know, sort of the consultation itself, what mm-hmm. to expect there and, and, and different things with that. So it was stuff that I kind of knew what I was going to say, but even still, cause I, I will script it. It's, it's even like changing the talk every time. Mm-hmm. So the one that I've been doing a lot at the moment is around the digestive system. Okay. Um, cause I've started doing food sensitivity testing. Excellent. So these are the finger prick food sensitivity mm-hmm. testings that are looking at, um, blood antibodies. So yep. they work on the IgG antibodies. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's immunoglobulin. G and it, I think is it for about 49, 40 to 49 different things. Mm-hmm. And I can process that, I've been processing them at shows. Have the results from that in 40 minutes, which is amazing, it's isn't it? It's really, really quick, mm-hmm. really quick. There are others that um, I can sort of send away and get ordered, yeah, class two lab based. Um, and they get sent to the lab and they test hundreds and hundreds, yeah. Um, and, and obviously, because of that, the price is very different between. Um, but it's yeah again it's amazing seeing what comes up on those mm-hmm. um, and very common food sensitivities there so yeah. the ones that seem to come up the most with that are things like eggs yes cow's milk mm-hmm. um, gluten yep even some things that you don't think of like lemon you know citrus mm-hmm. fruits yeah um, and, and and stuff like that but yeah the, the most common are animal-based products mm-hmm. that come up as food sensitivities yeah um, 
things like wheat that's overly processed yes and has had that huge farming impact going on to make it produce quicker yeah so and i mean i know i've really noticed an improvement in my health since i cut out wheat um and i've also cut out sugar um i read an interesting book called the wheat belly a while ago and um, that was very eye-opening um as to how basically the genetic composition of wheat has changed over the years but um i feel so much better for me it just didn't suit my system so i was constantly tired i've got more energy now my sleep was quite disturbed i had achy joints all the time i had tummy aches all the time but they were just things i think i've probably had that all my life so i never realized that wasn't normal until all of a sudden it was getting worse then i experienced the absence of it and i was like wow this is amazing yeah but in our household, I'm not the only one with some sensitivities. I've got one of my children that's got several different intolerances. Mm. And we had to do those private tests yeah. to be able to discover that. So that transformed my child's mood. Um, lots of health issues sort of resolve themselves. So it's a massive thing, isn't it? Our diets and what we're eating is to our well-being, not only our physical health, but also our mental and emotional health. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. You know, like I say, it's not just the um, the food sensitivity side of things. I mean, as far like you say, as far as gluten and things, for anyone with any form of autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. they are actually better off cutting out wheat and gluten. Yep. Because if there's inflammation within the body, that can aggravate it. Yep. Um, it's like you say, the food sensitivity side of things, there's E numbers involved with things as well that can have a huge impact children and their <laughs> energy levels and how bouncy they can yeah. be um as well as their health and uh-huh. itself I mean, there's there's people that i know that that they they feed their children certain e-numbers and it can affect their mood hugely. oh i mean i used to my children when they were little like my son when he was little there used to be a popular drink that was aimed at children wouldn't let him have it very often, but if we went out and about to, say, a cafe and they gave you a drink that was included in the meal, and he would go absolutely whappy, and for about two or three hours, he would just talk really fast, but, like, shake his head vigorously from side to side, almost like a robot that had gone crazy. And then he would all of a sudden then just drop, and he would be very teary for a couple of hours. And it took me a few times to realise, hang on, it's this drink. Mm-hmm. So we, we banned that. Like, if you go to a pub or a cafe, you're not having that, you have something else. And then my youngest, um, she was awful with um, a particular type of sweet that she was given. And she would just go absolutely wild. She was dangerous because she would run into a road or she would be having a temper tantrum and trying to run off constantly. So I became aware of that when my children were quite tiny that I had to watch what they were being given because we didn't really have a lot of that ourselves but it was when we went out with other people more they would perhaps if they went to a party or something like that they were those situations where I hadn't caught it but um remarkable how with one child it could really affect them but then another it didn't have a lot of impact just we're all so individual aren't we we are we are and that's why so again during the degree we looked at nutrition Mm -hmm. um and a, there is a module on nutrition. So this this is the thing with the herbal med degree. It isn't just about the herbs itself. It is, like I say, it's not just a, the holistic approach, but it is looking mm-hmm. at diet and lifestyle and the input that we've been trained to be able to give that information and, and advise on to to our patients. Um, and when when we're talking about diet and lifestyle, obviously, you know, food diaries, looking at where they are with their food now, what mm-hmm. sort of food intake have they got going on? Yep. 
um, supplementation where needed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they, there is now the whole nutrition gap with everything because of the way farming has gone. That, yeah. you know, there's there's so many people that would benefit from having a magnesium supplement, a decent quality magnesium yes. supplement. I'm not talking, you know. Well, we just don't have those minerals in the soil anymore, do we? No. They've been massively no. depleted, and it's. It's very different, isn't it? Like, say, a good quality one from just going to your local supermarket and grabbing something yeah. to something that's actually going to be absorbable, soluble in the body that yeah. the body can take that those that's, minerals and vitamins from. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there there are some really quality supplements out where I'm, I I actually obviously have a company that I work with. And that are all sort of bioavailable supplements. And, Amazing. Um, some of their supplements are food based as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and e- e- again, but even the things we do to our own bodies, you know, like going and partying really hard and drinking really hard, <laughs> all these things will deplete our body yep. of certain vitamins and minerals. Medication can deplete your body of certain vitamins and minerals. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also looking at the microbiome as well. And there's a lot of research that's been done over the past few years mm-hmm. um, around the, micro, the gut microbiome. Yeah. And the healthy, the, the sort of the having the healthy gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. It still surprises me sometimes now that even with the research around that and everything, people not necessarily being aware of the need to take probiotics after having a course of antibiotics yes. because of the way that antibiotics don't just wipe out the bad bacteria that's going on, but also about the bacteria. good bacteria that's going on. It's just gone. It's just, yeah. you know. Um, but then there's also things that you can do with food as well. Mm-hmm. So there's there's prebiotic food and probiotic food. Yeah. So things like leeks and onions and oats uh-huh. and all these sorts of things are really, really good for the digestion. Yeah. There are obviously loads more. Mm-hmm. And nuts are great for magnesium, yeah. but if you've got a deficiency, it's where the supplementation uh-huh. needs to go in beforehand to help build those reserves back up. Yeah, um, and vitamin D, D three is another huge one. Well, we just spend all our time indoors as well now, so we're just not getting access to it, are we? No, the same. No. And I mean the pandemic as well. You could really see it in the pandemic, mm-hmm. where coming out of the pandemic, you could really tell people that had literally spent all of that time indoors yeah. because of the, the paler skin tone uh-huh. and everything. Um, the, I think there's still things from the pandemic that we're still seeing now. Yeah. Um, vitamin and mineral deficiencies, anxiety, mental health. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's quite a long-term impact now that we're mm. going to have to be working through for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, and it's huge. I remember during the pandemic, so I spent more time on social media than what I probably normally would. And there was lots of different posts of all different sorts of opinions. And I'm not getting into the rights or wrongs of that. But I remember there being one particular post out there that a lot of people were putting about. And it went along the lines of, I don't care what's in my KFC. I don't care what's in this, that and the other. And it listed lots of things. And I understood the point that people were trying to make. But actually, I found it really scary. What people were saying was basically... I don't care what's in any of my stuff. I just want, I just take it or eat it or use it and enjoy it. And one day I thought, I kept seeing it over and over again and I did comment on some of these, but I didn't comment in any bad way. And I just said, I find this post really interesting mm-hmm. because I can completely understand the perspective that you're coming from. However, what concerns me a little bit is, well, why aren't we concerned about what we're putting in our bodies? Why aren't we concerned about our deodorants that we put on or the foods that we ingest or the makeup that we use or things? 
when you look into it, there's some things that can be more beneficial and some things that are more damaging. Yeah. And we shouldn't be necessarily one extreme or the other. It's about balance. Ooh. But Ooh. we should be looking at what is in the food we eat, what is in the medicines that we take, yeah. what is in the products that we use on ourselves, because then we're having a fully informed choice. Because those things have a long-term impact on our body. They might not have an instant thing in terms of our well-being or our real health but over time they accumulate um i kind of wish i'd never said anything i thought i was very very balanced well i was and i just sort of got back a lot of insults about me talking a load of hippie swear words there that i'm not going to say yeah a number of things and i just responded and i think they were trying to bait for an argument and i just said thank you for your perspective it's always good to hear other people's opinions and Mm. i left it at that but um I sort of despaired at that point and I thought, oh, what a shame, because actually we're amazing as human beings and yet we massively neglect our well-being. Um, but we're not even really taught to look after our well-being or to question those things. No, we're not. We're not. And, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, do I still eat rubbish? I still eat rubbish. Me too. Do, you know, <laughs> do I try and eat healthy? Yeah, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you say, it is about balance. Yeah. You know, when I do my digestive system talk, it mm-hmm. is very much about, you know, having the healthy foods in there, the, the foods like, say, the probiotics, the prebiotic. Yeah. The looking at things and the raising awareness about the things that we do consume and how they can have a negative effect mm-hmm. on the body. But, you know, if you want a slice of cake, you're not allowed if to you want a cake. chocolate bar, go have a chocolate bar. If you're craving chocolate, uh-huh. that's when you might want to think, oh, I forgot a magnesium deficiency going. Yeah. Because that is one of the big things with chocolate. If you're craving chocolate, it can be a magnesium yeah. deficiency. But we all do these things, but like you say, it's about balance. If you want cake, have cake. Yeah. Don't restrict yourself. Don't take mm-hmm. those enjoyments but out. Don't only, but don't only eat have... for every single meal yeah. every single day because you're not going to get all the vitamins and minerals that you need. No, and you're probably going to be bouncing off the walls with all the sugar as well, you know. <laughs> you see, what I find so fascinating, I really enjoyed it when I was looking at, uh, when I did my anatomy and physiology level. Wow, that was hard going. Oh, yeah. um, but the complexities and intricacies of the human body are amazing. Every single thing, every single cell has a purpose, yes. has a function, and it's beautifully designed to work not only independently, but in the way it interacts with everything else that's going on. Yes. So it makes sense in order for those things to work properly, they need the right fuel to fuel them. So um, the more we can look after ourselves, the better everything's going to work, the healthier and happier we're going to be in our lives for longer. Definitely, definitely. And there's the underlying things as well that no one seems to think of. Like say with the, the, the trauma side of things, that fight and flight mm-hmm. side which you know that brings in the the balance of the the sympathetic and the parasympathetic yeah um so the autonomic nervous system um and and when you start looking on what's going on with that and the way mm-hmm. that the body will compensate and and in my practice so you can see that in the blood pressure itself there's things that we look at like tongue diagnosis yeah, so you can kind of see what's going on on the inside by looking at the tongue. Which I um, find amazing. Like when I see my friend Lucy, the acupuncturist, yeah. uh, you just go, uh, and you stick your tongue out and she has a little look. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, this is imbalanced and this is imbalanced. And I find that fascinating how you could do that. That's on my like wish list of CPD things I'd like to learn 
just for me at some point to be able to look at people's tongues and think got what's a going on in the <laughs> <laughs> Certainly on the, the Chinese tongue diagnostic yeah. size, which is, is, is what Lucy will mm-hmm. be working with, with the yeah. acupuncture side of things. Um, ours is kind of more on a, a physio-medicalism okay. side of things. So there are slight differences. Interesting. Uh, it's, it's with the, so one of the, the common ones that you see is a, a centerline crack. Yep. Um, and we attribute that to dehydration. Oh, interesting. But also the different forms of dehydration. Uh-huh. And these are the things that, that don't get sort of thought of. Yeah. So there's the, the dehydration from not drinking enough mm-hmm. fluid, preferably water. Yep. Um, more often than not, water is mm-hmm. preferable. Um, but there's also fat dehydration. So this is something that I picked up more from um, also with my own treatment. Mm-hmm. From from one of the lecturers at, on on the degree, um. So, this is where the sort of all the low fat stuff. Every you know, I don't know whether it's still the case because I haven't sort of looked into it mm-hmm. for years. But I I do remember when all the low fat stuff came. Yeah, and everything was low fat, and you got low fat yogurt, low fat this, low fat that. But they'd removed the fat and filled it in with sugar. Yes. Um. So again, have butter. Yes. You know, have an avocado. Concentrate on a healthy fat. But also with the fat dehydration things, it also gives indication of, so if, if it's not a, a water dehydration, that can give indication of um, how the body is processing, so the body's fat metabolism, yeah. how it's processing mm-hmm. the fat that's being taken into the body through diet. Really interesting that. And I always think now, I go to pizza, I think when I look at a label on a food item, I think the fewer ingredients and the less it's being processed, probably the more likely it is going to be better for my body. Yes. And that's what I try and use as a rule of thumb. Like I say, I have the odd treat every now and again, but I would always prefer those natural sources of, say, fat or carbohydrates or other things than highly processed foods. The same with sugars. The same yep. with sugars. So you'll see on cans of drink, aspartamine, which I think they're kind of phasing out. I mean, aspartamine is, is nasty mm-hmm. as, a, as a sweet in, in general. Um, but then all, there's also the, the all, all the other sugar additives that you see a lot in yeah. soft drinks. Um, the body doesn't recognise them as well, certainly in diet drinks. Yeah. So it's something that I certainly noticed myself. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I used to drink a lot of diet drinks. Yeah. And I would drink more and more mm-hmm. and more. It became that kind of cycle um, of, of drinking more diet drinks. Mm-hmm. But the body will recognise sugar for what it is. Yeah. Not necessarily the sweetness so much. Interesting. Again, I picked that up from fellow herbalists mm-hmm. during the course. Well, the herbalists that I initially started seeing and, and yeah. out the, the training that I had, we were looking at things like fruit-flavoured waters, fizzy waters. Yeah. Full of artificial sweetness. Interesting. See, I'm really struggling to concentrate now a little bit because I'm desperate just to stick my tongue out to you. <laughs> take I... a photo of your tongue and take it home with me. Yeah. <laughs> what you would normally have in reality is I've seen it when you're doing your interactions with your clients, your patients, you have got these great big thick books and everything that you refer to. You've got so much information there to hand so yeah. that you can make a full and complete diagnosis. Yeah, so so back to the herb drug interaction, any any drugs there. Um, so even a lot of it, fortunately. So we have access to things like the NICE guidelines, which a lot of people will know from seeing the GPs use them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we have access to what's called the Natural Remedies Database. Okay. Um, that's actually thankfully through my governing body mm -hmm. and that means that we can look at any interactions with herbs and supplements and herbs and drugs and, and everything that goes on there. But then we also have, I have shelves and shelves of books now um, <laughs> from making herbal remedies just as sort of the hobby-based type books yeah. um, to the, the in-depth Mills and Bones huge phytotherapy book which is about uh -huh. three inches thick um, ruth tricky she her book is she has an amazing book on uh, women and hormones and, yeah. and health there so most things that you can probably go and see a gp for you can come and see a medical herbalist for amazing or, well a herbalist with a, a degree level qualification yeah. and, um, and i i do that now so i yeah. it's been years since i've gone to the gp because I always use sort of complementary and alternative therapies where possible. Yeah. I know there are times when GP might not be necessary, oh. but a lot of yeah. the stuff that's with me, I know that there is a herb or an acupressure point or something that I can do to bring myself back into balance. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really love that. I love the idea of being able to draw upon nature and oh, it's, surround it's us. fascinating. And even things like uh, the back flowers. Mm-hmm. So we, again, use back flowers in our training. We touched on it. We're not officially back trained, but we're yeah. taught within our degree about back flowers. And they are fascinating in themselves because they're purely energetic. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's purely drop dosing. Amazing. Um, so I can blend seven back flowers up mm -hmm. into one prescription bottle with that. But also we can introduce those into our tinctures as well, mm -hmm. just to give them an extra level. Um, not everyone does. It's something that that I got used to to working with, and found my own way of working with the back flowers as well. Yeah. Um, but there's there's back flowers there for fears of things that you know, fears of things that you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone knows about uh, rescue remedy. Yes. So rescue remedy is great. It's not necessarily one that you would think of. Like everyone will think of it as using it for your driving test, and I, you know, it's been the same. <laughs> That's when I did it. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, it's really good for shock. So if you carry on taking it, you'll find that things can come up okay. Um, and it starts to release those things as well oh, wow. because there's shock there. Um, I was recommended to take it once. I, I broke my wrist at one point mm -hmm. as well. Second year of the degree. Yeah. About a month or two in. Oh, no. Yeah, I go out with a friend, fall over, <laughs> break my wrist. Um, and I was recommended to take that because of the, the impact and the shock on my body yeah. from having fallen and broken my wrist. Oh, God. Um, so, so these are things that also work on an energetic level, the same way that herbs do. Yeah. Like rose, think of rose as a herb. Mm -hmm. it, it's astringent, it's toning. Yeah. But then it also has that energetic connection to the heart. Wow, interesting. Um, which you do tend to find because of that toning side of things, but that, and like I say, the energetic side of the things of, of, as well. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. It's been so interesting to listen to you today. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been great so doing it. So just before you go, have you got any final thoughts or words that you would like to leave our audience with? Basically, if you're not sure, try it. This is the one thing. There's so many questions and people are so used to, like I say, going down the GP route. Mm-hmm. And, you know, GPs are great. I, I am not knocking GPs in any way, shape mm -hmm. or form. They really do an amazing job under very, very difficult circumstances right now. But also be aware that there are other options out there for your mm -hmm. health. 
it's one of the things that I think more more people need to be more aware of that. Yep. Um, there are other alternatives out there as well as yeah, working alongside with orthodox medicine. Brilliant. I completely agree. So just before you go, would you like to just once again say who you are and how people can find you? So I'm Ros, Rosalind Johnson. Um, you will find me on Facebook. My business name is Hedera Herbal Medicine and Holistic Therapies. Hedera is spelled H-E-D-R-E-A off the top of my head. <laughs> I can't believe I have to double check that. Um, but yes, that's the best place to find me and contact me. And I'm constantly posting things on there as well. Which is amazing. And well also find done. me generally at Lizzie and events as well. Yes, which is great to see you there. So thank you ever so much for being here today. And also thank you to all of our listeners. Take care and we shall speak to you again soon. Bye-bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe. If you would like to find out more about the therapies that we provide and the training we offer, please visit our website, www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. You can also find us on social media.